When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting on location in beautiful, sunny Burbank, California. That's right. It's the new heart of Hollywood, at least to me. This is the Knapsack Files. I'm Ken Knapsack for another edition of The Interview. I'm capitalizing that. It is the, capital T, interview, capital I. That's right. That makes it official. And I'm here with a very special guest, someone who's, uh, if you're a longtime listener of the Knapsack Files, you would have heard her before on this channel talking some Game of Thrones. Um, Some of those episodes not available for a long story that I can't go into here, but her voice has graced this channel before. And you, uh, a lot of you might now just be learning of her from her performances in the Schmodown, but some of you even might know her name from Schmosno.com. It is Rachel Cushing. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you could be here because I, yeah, like I said, we had you on the show before. Um, I think you, you're a very interesting person. You're a very sweet person, and you, you, you have some great skills. But now is the time because you're a rising star. Now is the time to, you got a story to tell more than, more than, now more than ever. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre being here, being the one interviewed to be called a rising star. I mean, the <laughs> Schmodown is an amazing thing that I've been a huge fan of. And yeah. I've got to say, it's a little surreal to actually be a part of it and to have, you know, the first couple of matches go as well as they did. So. Yeah. And, and we still got a big match coming up. Yep. Uh, we're going to, we're going to fight team action, I believe in May. Yep. They called um, us out. So they called us out. Go. So we're, we're, we're going good there. Um, but I, I, uh, uh, and, and, uh, I normally start, here's what I'm starting. I normally start with like, where were you born? <laughs> what was your childhood? What's my like? origin story? Your origin story. But I want to start now okay. where you are with the showdown because, um, you're you're a behind the scenes person. Mm-hmm, definitely. What 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 meaning you do mostly editing right now, right? Yes, yeah. I went to film school, so a little origin, and mm-hmm. uh, moved out to LA to be an editor. Um, originally, you know, wide eyed, wanted to mm-hmm. edit feature films. That didn't mm-hmm. quite happen because basically you come out here and you take whatever PA job you can get. Right. And um and I've done a lot of different things. I've worked in film trailers, I've worked in uh, feature documentaries, and for the most part, for the last eight or nine years, I've been in reality TV. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, but I set out to be an editor. I love post-production. I love being sort of the last act in terms of making content, whether it's television, commercials, uh, films, whatever it is. We're the last people to get that footage and, and put it together and tell the story with so and i definitely want to put a pin in that because you said some <laughs> stuff already that i want to follow up on because it's uh, i'm fascinated by by the post-production side of thing because you do t- you do make a movie three times the writing yep. the, the shooting and the editing exactly. it is as we've learned with rogue one <laughs> editing can change dramatically the story oh yeah but from behind the scenes where you are very comfortable yes i, I know you enough to say you probably like the dark rooms of an editing bay. Yes, it's my comfort place. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are now front and center in the movie trivia mode on, on Collider Video. Uh, we're part of the Nerds Watch team. Um, so, 
how, how does that journey, how are you, are you comfortable with that journey right now? This is a different place for you. Yeah. Uh, comfortable is too strong a word. <laughs> um, it's, it's bizarre. Like I said, mm-hmm. surreal right now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I've gotten very nervous um, before mm-hmm. my matches so far. I don't mm-hmm. know if people can tell during the promos, like mm-hmm. my hands shake. Like Christian took me aside the other day and it was like, I know you're just a passionate person about things and just, right. you know, but when I get in front of the camera, it's just not something I'm used to. And um, mm-hmm. I feel like I need to prepare, but I actually, you know, everybody's advice has been that's actually right. the worst thing to do. So uh-huh. I, I'm slowly hopefully getting better at it, but it is very weird and very foreign to me. (laughs) Would you describe yourself as a shy person or just in certain situations you're not as comfortable? Um, I'm definitely an introvert, 100%. I have been my whole life. I I need time to warm up, I guess you could say. It's not that I don't go out and to parties and things like that, but I'm not going to be the person in the middle of the room center of attention. You're not a Josh McCuga. No, no. I don't know how anybody can be a Josh McCuga. I don't think um, Josh knows how he can be a Josh Well, McCuga. he does it well then. Yeah. Um, but but I still go and, I, and you know, I'll be on the periphery. And if I can, you know, strike up a conversation with somebody about, you know, a common interest, mm-hmm. I will get comfortable. And the more comfortable I get, you know, the more outgoing I'll right. be. Definitely. I, I see that. And I see that. And I know I'm, I'm hoping to, in our next match with Team Action that you're going to take one step forward even in into this but how so how did this come about how does rachel cushing leave her editing bay to face um not just the schmodown and the and the, the fun but stress of that but also youtube the internet mm-hmm. cameras the spotlight and then uh as we've seen so far uh you've succeeded and you've won you've won some hearts over how, how did this come about it there was a lot of reasons behind it mm-hmm. um I met Christian years ago before he was able to do this whole YouTube thing full mm-hmm. time. And he was one of those people that I did just feel comfortable with when right. I met him. I mean, but we met in an office and I overheard him talking about the casting of Jennifer Lawrence and Hunger Games. And I just stopped, <laughs> backed up and went, you know, I'm not really sure about that. And it just evolved into this conversation, which evolved into a conversation we had every day right. about whatever movie news was going on. So I started following him and then, you know, so on and so on. Right. And I met a few of you through different avenues along the Mm -hmm. way. And the thing with me is I'm so passionate about movies, but most of my friends are only so to a point. Mm -hmm. And I probably aggravate them after a while with, like, my wanting to talk it to the next level. Still going about Um, it. And and then I I found this community through Christian and you guys and even just all the people in the Facebook groups and everything. And I found people who were just as passionate as I was. So I just loved being a part of that. Mm -hmm. And then the Schmodown happened and we all watched as fans and I loved what I was seeing and I'd play along at home. And of course, like my favorite player was Clark. Like when she came on the scene, like it was just so empowering to see a woman do so well and to be so knowledgeable. And, you know, I met her and she's actually one of the reasons why I said yes to doing the league because mm-hmm. we were watching a match, I forget which one, right. from the sidelines, and I was murmuring the answers under my breath, and she looked at me, and she's like, you need to be up there. You yeah. know this. And I was like, but I don't know if I'll know it when I get up there. Mm-hmm. I, I can play from my couch really easily. and just But, but talking to her... Yeah. Made me think about it. And then she told Christian that I needed to be doing it. And he looked at me and was like, I agree. Do you think you could try it? And I don't know. There was something about it that it was one of those moments where you just have to go just 
throw caution to the wind and just go, <laughs> what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, the worst thing could happen is I could embarrass the hell out of myself. But even that is not that bad of a thing, even right. though it's something I struggle with personally. Sure. So it, it just, it was, you know, a slow accumulation of being part of this movie loving community and group right. of people and, and wanting to step out of my comfort zone and to stand up for women in this mm-hmm. industry. And, so yeah, all of it just sort of snowballed into somehow me saying yes. Yeah, and and, and about that, let's let's be upfront and, and and honest. Like we we there had been other female competitors other than mm-hmm. Clark, but but none of them had stuck around mm-hmm. for various different reasons. Sure. Some of them um, obvious, and some of them just some weren't interested. And and I know I know Harlow, it, it, it weighed on him to find more competitors, right. and 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 it's not difficult. But but he was running into various issues, and then when when Clark pulled him aside and was like. Do you know this Rachel girl? He's like, I absolutely know this Rachel girl. It was it kind of and knowing not just that hey we needed a female, but it was like you had been openly campaigning for it. I believe, you know, I, I uh, and then on the larger scale of yeah. like yes, more women more need women. to be in this league. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, was it kind of a Christian saying, well. Yeah, then it's he was you. Like, well, then you, you better step up. And it's like, oh, I, I, that wasn't what I quite meant when I said that. But, but at the same time, it, it yeah. was. Well, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I like to think I'm, I'm part of the family mm-hmm. now. With you know, having worked with Mark Riley on the on the website and still working on that. Yeah. Um. So it, yeah, it, it it was just something I kind of in that moment was like. You gotta at least try this. Yes, you do. And so far, we've seen uh, our our match, our first match, our second coming up, and then the inner geekdom. You, you show up and and really do. And we got the free for all still coming at the time of this recording. Free for all and our match against Team Action still going. And and to, to Napsack Files listeners who may you know not be familiar with the the Schmodown, we talked a lot about it uh, with with Mark Riley in the in the previous episode. Um, I highly recommend you check it out. It is it is a growing in, uh, form of entertainment. It is this perfect mix of pro wrestling and movie trivia. Um, but uh, it's really, I believe, where this story starts today for you because it's been uh, as someone who's known you, uh, you know, off and on. You're you're part of the family. You're on the on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. You know, the website didn't go the direction we thought. It's gone in sure. a different direction. All that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I mean, it's it's. I don't want to say it's a. It's too harsh to say. Put up or shut up. But there was a, yeah. a little bit of Harloff saying, yeah, you're right. We need more women. You yeah. are going to do it. <laughs> um, and uh, that's that's an important role. Do you think? Do you believe that? I do. I mean, I, I like what it represents mm-hmm. for women in, in, you know, in the league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, for all the people that talk about, you know, having a women's league versus the regular mm-hmm. league and whatnot. Like, this isn't. We're, this isn't a place where that's necessary. This is no. about movies. It's about our love for movies. It's about remembering some really weird facts about movies. Which, sure. I, but it, that is not exclusive to men or women. Um, no. And it just, uh, it, it's, and, and what's so great too is like, it is not just me now, like Bran and, and Stacy mm-hmm. and um, and Michelle Boyd joining mm-hmm. us with the Nerds Watch and in the Inner Geekdom League. Like it's slowly yeah. going that and, and way, a five, which is great. Joelle Monique and, yes. and, and um, yeah, sometimes course correction takes a little longer than people would like. Sure. And I think that's what we're seeing here, too. But um, it, it beyond just getting there, though, it's also about uh, your success, which, yeah. look, let's say let's say we lost our first match and, and you struck out and you've got Oscars and you missed three. Um, it would still be important that you were there. I agree, definitely. But the success has now has <laughs> helped, helped your status and uh, probably inspiring others, I'm sure. I hope so. I really hope so. We hope. But also, it's got to be damn fun, Rachel. 
It, it really is. I mean, and, and, and I've quoted Perry for saying this in a couple of different instances, but mm-hmm. like there is an addictive quality to this thing where, yeah. you know, just being in front of the lights and the cameras and, and sort of putting, I'm not an actor. I will never be an actor. I'll never be a good one. But like there's a putting on a persona. Yes being out there and welcome to and, my world oh, well, I there can, is no real Ken Napsack, <laughs> just the one on a microphone or in a promo well I'm just figuring all of this out yeah. um, I'm pretty much still myself but it but it there's an adrenaline rush with yeah. it and um, and like I said I have a few friends that that love movies mm-hmm. sort of to a place th- where I feel I do um, yeah. but to get out there and to sort of prove that in a mm-hmm. weird way is is just it's a lot of fun and a good feeling and yeah. yeah the more I do it I think the more I want to do it and hopefully and the hope is to, that will carry through even if you know yeah. I don't have a good match that day's coming like I know it's coming sure I know you're but, gonna you're gonna be entering in the free-for-all oh, and God, that's yeah. gonna be a tough I'm sure a tough battle but it's a good place to take your claim and and you know when we face team action mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, uh, Andrew and Ben from uh, the, uh, the the action podcast over there at uh, the action movie anatomy podcast over at, at uh, um, uh, popcorn talk um, those are good young guys who know yeah. their movies left and right yeah yeah at some point, you'll fail. Right. At some point, we will fall. <laughs> I have categories I'm not good in, right. and I will land on them eventually. Right. But I think we've worked uh, so far in our, our first match well as a team, and I think yes. we got a good, uh, a good, uh, we got a good mix. I think that's the one of the great things about it, and it was funny because. When I said I wanted to join the league, mm-hmm. Christian was like, I think we should start in teams. And I was like, right. you're the commissioner. Like, I don't sure. know anything about this, so you, whatever you want or need me to do. But we had a hard time, or at least mm-hmm. it seemed like we had a hard time finding a partner for me. And I, I, it, I, I was an unknown, so I, I yeah, totally no, I, get no, it. No, let, let's be honest. I think, I think it was. I think when a lot of people are looking around um, and Christian... Uh, he he is the mad genius of this. He yeah. is truly the Vince McMahon of this, and he's always got an idea. And sometimes we certainly tease him because he's he's, <laughs> he's focused on Schmodown, but yeah. there's a reason for it. His brain is always working. Yeah. So he would pull me aside, and 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 I had th- I had thought about competing. The Star Wars stuff, obviously, I can I can hang there, but I, uh, my movie knowledge, I know, it's not as strong as other things. I general good trivia. So we had talked about team would probably be best for me, but I wasn't I wasn't thinking of it at all. It was something that I wasn't worried about. And finally, his name came up and yeah and I know we had we had struck we thought we thought at one point um you and Michelle Boyd would team yeah. up and and Michelle was some scheduling stuff was keeping her from coming to the to the events and everything so yeah would eventually yeah, we, we were struggling again because it's like, who? Yeah. Rachel, exactly. what now? Yep. <laughs> I knew who you are. Uh, I knew what you knew. And I had been there when, uh, you know, Clark was like, this girl answered everything. Um, it made perfect sense. Uh, I'm not a dumb man. Or not a smart man. But uh, but uh, I'm not a dumb man. I'm not a smart man. I'm right in the middle, I should say. Um, but uh, I, I know I know what we got with you. So So it's been fun for me to watch. Uh, as as you compete in the inner geekdom and you come out dressed as uh, Gladriel and uh, um, from someone who I first when I first met you at a Collider party I believe when I wasn't even part of Collider you 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 did seem so nervous yeah you're such a quiet quiet <laughs> behind the scenes person to now see you out there um, and to see you inspire I watched the late to the party gang rap to the inner geekdom yeah. and they all four loved you but particularly to watch. To watch the young girls go, yeah, yes. They've said some really nice things. And that's the been, crusher. Yeah, you know, it's been wonderful. And like mm-hmm. so many of the comments have been, yeah. um, you know, very much like 
because I don't know if people knew that I was going to do well in the geekdom because sure. I, our, my coming out party was in the Oscar category. Yeah. So people sort of thought it was going to be in that line. So I think people were surprised it was going to be in the in the geekdom. Um, yeah. But that's always been, at, you know, at the core, at the heart of my you're, love of you're, movies. Yeah, you're a movie fan. but Yeah, mm, particularly. <laughs> you're a nerd. Yeah, so you're a nerd. full-fledged. Yeah, um, it's been great. It's been great to watch, and I, and I know we're going to have a lot more fun going forward in the league, and, and it's great to have you in here. And, and, and again, your story is... Um, I think as the as, as the schmodown grows, these are the type of stories that are going to really hook fans because it isn't just about here's someone who knows Oscar movies. It's mm-hmm. about someone's personal growth. It's about someone maybe getting into a com- uh, uncomfortable spot right. and shaking away through the first rounds, but then emerging the other side as as a persona and as a person with fans. So weird. Surreal is still the word that best describes it for me. <laughs> um, but let's go back to to you talked about going to film school and and when did you when did you first become a film fan? When did it hit? I, there's sort of two moments. Um, I definitely loved movies as a kid. Like mm-hmm. my my family went to the movies. You know, I have specific memories of being in the theater in the late '80s, early '90s, and and uh, Back to the Future Two, and mm-hmm. Honey I Shrunk the Kids, and various Disney movies and whatnot. Um, but they were movies, and I saw them through a kid's eyes, which mm-hmm. is that's a thing, and and I didn't think much more about it. Um, with one exception, and I was too young to see any Star Wars movies in the theater, unfortunately. Um, I was born in 80, so Return of the Jedi 3 was a little too young too for young. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I watched the VHSs when I was, I don't know, six or seven. My dad showed them to me, put A New Hope in. I watched it through, um, and he was like, okay, well, what did you think? And I was just like, I couldn't say anything at first. And then the, my first thought that I could articulate was, how'd they do that? And it was the first time I'd ever watched a movie and thought about... Because I knew there was no such thing as a Death Star or or two suns on a planet, or at least not anywhere Mm. near us. So it it was a different reaction to any movie I'd ever had before. And how old? You were six or seven? Six or seven. And you're... Okay. And and the thing is, is it didn't really carry on into anything beyond that. Like, I didn't continue watching movies and you know, think that it was very specific to Star Wars and I can't articulate exactly why. Um, but then I was just a normal kid who wanted to be a bunch of different things at different stages in my life. Um, and it wasn't until I was a senior in high school where I was looking to take an elective class and my high school, um, had over the summer built a quote unquote media wing. And it was the first time that our our Uh school had ever had anything like that. And so when fall came around, they were offering um, two media classes. None of us knew what that meant, okay. um, but I, I needed to fill the space, so I signed up for one. And it was hysterical because we had this state-of-the-art media wing mm-hmm. with no equipment. So it's a stage <laughs> with stage. nothing, no equipment, no editing, nothing. We had like three cameras. And then just like where the classroom was and the TV and the VCR. Right. Um, but it ended up being an amazing class because our professor or teacher, who we mm-hmm. called Dan, we didn't call him Mr. Donahue, um, I, <laughs> he was barely like three or four years older than us. Right, and, um, right. Whippersnapper teacher. Yeah. But it was amazing because he opened our eyes to film. And it was my first mm. chance. So it, the, these weren't movies per se that he was showing. They were, but like, mm-hmm. but he was making us look at them from a different point of view. And we watched um, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. I watched my first Akira um, Kurosawa movie. Right. Um, we watched Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. And these yeah. films were just from the way he taught us to look at them. 
I was seeing movies in a whole new light. I was looking at shot compositions. I was looking at storytelling techniques. Mm -hmm. I was seeing things, and all of a sudden, I was like, I was thinking of majoring in communications in college, but I didn't know what specifically. And I came home and probably to my parents' detriment said, I think I want to major in film. Um, it, it, it could be worse they were, they were very, very supportive. You didn't say musical it. theater. <laughs> um, but All the respect to Mark Riley and Emma Fife. Hey, it, it, every, every path is worthwhile for whoever <laughs> it's uh, the best for. So, um, so, yeah, so that was the origin of film school for me, and that was the origin of me devouring movies and, mm, and seeing mm. them from all the different angles you can see them. It's art, as, as popcorn entertainment, as, you know, uh, something to, to teach you about history. Is There's so many things movies can be, and mm. I, you know, my eyes were open to that, and they haven't shot since. Like, it's just... I, I, I wanted to hear this and complete and get your thought out. This is, this is an amazing journey, but I, I want to go back to the beginning, because what you just said is fascinating, <laughs> that at six or seven, you... You said, I want to know how they made that. Yeah. Because six or seven, when I saw Return of the Jedi in the theater, mm-hmm. like I wanted to be a, quote, director. I wanted to be George Lucas. Right. I wanted to tell stories. But I didn't give a damn about how they made it. <laughs> and I think that's a dividing line between a lot of creatives. I'm fascinated sure. by the ones that, uh, like a good producer, is not me. Sure. You agree. No, a good producer is <laughs> no. is not someone who's like wants to spend half the time in front of the camera. That's just not. And I've met those type of producers. My friend James Anderson was over at Screen Junkies for a while. Like he wanted nothing. To, if I, if a camera flashed over to him, he was like, "Nope, that's not my job. That's not what I want to do." So I always thought, "Oh, I'm not a good producer." But so so to to as a kid, I'm going. I want to tell lightsaber stories, and you're like, "I want to make a lightsaber. I want to. I want to take this story and put it into some." That is where it all begins, and that is very, very fascinating to me. So, so y- this is this just. It's more than just a love of cinema and story and acting. It is the whole process, and you and you head to college with that in your brain. Yeah, there's it's such a village it takes to make movies. And I know we all idolize directors and, you know, big-time actors and actresses yeah. and stuff, but, like, I, they, I've been on movie sets, and it's mind-boggling from mm-hmm. the carpenters to the sound people to the... I mean, there's a million different kinds of producers out there, too, sure, doing yeah, yeah. different things. So it's... I love the collaborative process of it. I, I've right. always enjoyed, you know, working with people on projects. And I also feel like, especially in film... One person can't do everything mm-hmm. physically, but also yeah. like people bring different gifts to the table, you know, yeah. look at it from different point of views and, and you can make something better when everybody, you know, can collaborate and bring their particular point of view or expertise to the table. So yeah. And it was just something so much fun about that. And, and I mean, film school is just fun. Yeah. I mean, you're watching the movies, you're making, you're running around the city of Boston with 16 millimeter cameras uh-huh. and, and, and doing all this stuff. And it was the first time I ever, you know, used a digital editing system. I did cut on film. I'm like one of the last yeah, people right? who have ever actually physically cut on film. That's fascinating. Which is awesome. I'm, I'm one of the last so radio glad. people to use reel to reel. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. uh, we got the, the technical digital stuff started to show up, I yeah. should say. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So you, so you got some old school flavor. 
Yeah, I, it was like my four years in college were actually the years it was sort of changing over. So yeah. we had the old cranks. We what had what the year would bags. that be? I graduated um, from in 2002, so 98 to 2002. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, so yep. um, so I got a little bit of everything, which I'm just so grateful for. Yeah. Um, and and like I said, it was all just such a whirlwind and a blast. And I met you know some of my best friends, one of which I moved out to LA with mm. there, and um, and it was my Boston University alumni contacts that helped me get my first couple of jobs here too. So I still had to, you know, fetch coffee and walk dogs and and deliver tapes for my first job. But the in was because I was a B. Which is, which is funny. And and you talk about film and TV production. It's a ballet. It is a well choreographed dance of of every part that's doing, uh, doing it. Yeah. The actors, I think acting is obviously very important. I get it's it's the royalty of America. Right. It is the ones you faces you see. I get it, but yeah, like even even here on um, you know I may go on and make some funny quips on the schmoes and it's funny. Yay, great! And you're going to see me in Target. And want to shake my hand, but you should be shaking the hands of of Cody Hall and yeah. Christian Rivacabla and Andres Cabrera and RB3 because and, and Brian uh, uh, Beardo, good old Beardo <laughs> Brian. I know your name um, because when I show up to set from going going to get my sandwich. They've got it all working, yep. and it works because of them. And and uh, you're so right to see. I mean, to learn that too. Film school is interesting because I know a lot of people, and I'm one of them. I started to go to film school for two years. Okay. That was my path. I wanted to be a director, and then I got to an editing bay and was like, nope, <laughs> nope. A late one late night editing session on a short little project, and I was like, I'm done. I just want to tell stupid jokes on stage. <laughs> I'm done. Um, but, so film school is interesting because um, you know a lot of people. Ah, you don't need to go to film school to learn to do it. But I think it's much more than that. And if that's your choice, that's fine. Because, again, I didn't do it. I dropped out of film school to go to radio, go into my radio career. But you've already said it. Contacts, equipment, learning the ballet of, of all of this, and then finding friends that you're going to then change your life and, and career with. Yeah, I wouldn't exchange it for the world. I mean, I did get to L.A. and have sort of that momentary thought of, like, I should have just moved out here when I was 18. I you know, sure. I'm be four years ahead of where I am right now, working my way up the chain mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. whatnot. But for all the reasons that you just said, like, I wouldn't trade those four years for anything. I, I loved those four years. Film school was amazing and, and living in Boston. And it was also the first time I was living away from home. I was close to home, but not too close to home. You're an East Coaster, right? Yes. I grew up in Massachusetts. That's why Harloff loves you. He loves those East Coasters. <laughs> That's why he connects with those East Coasters. Well, I don't know how much he should love me. We, uh, the one thing we argue about is football constantly. Well, that's all right. Well, but you're a Patriots fan? Yes. Well, Born we could, and raised. You and I could argue about that, too. But, you know, he's a Giants fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but um, uh, 2002, you yes. decided to come out. Yeah. So even then, so even if you're in film school and you're building this, this, this comfort and support system and, and skill set, um, making that move is a big choice, right? Yes. Because you could probably have done some stuff on the East Coast, right? Yeah, there was absolutely talk. I, I, I had interned at, you know, there, Boston has a couple of production companies. Right. Um, and there, you know, was New York City was sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the course of the four years, you know, the success stories you would hear about the graduating classes ahead of you, mm-hmm. 95% of them were in L.A. Um, and... You know, thankfully, my parents were very supportive in sort of formulating a plan, which was, you know, go for it. And if it doesn't work, no big deal. Mm. Like, you know, you can move out there. Mm-hmm. And we, we decided, I decided on a five-year plan. Mm. Um, and if it doesn't work out, you can come home. 
Like our doors are open. Going back to school is an option. Finding other avenues are option. Like don't not do it and then wonder about that. Like like if you're going to, (laughs) basically it's a life lesson of if you're going to do anything as crazy it is, do it 110% and go all the way, give it everything you've got. And if it doesn't work, like don't be so afraid to fail. And I need to take this advice more, but in that way, in that moment when I was 22 and, and thinking about moving out, yeah. It just made the most sense. I had just gambled on a film degree, you know, and I didn't get anything. I didn't get a responsible degree like in English or business or anything mm-hmm. like that. I got a film degree. Now I need to use it. I need to figure yeah. out a way to 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 make this, you mm-hmm. know, work. And so, yeah, so I just. That's, that's huge, though. <laughs> what you're describing from your folks and yourself with this plan, like I would never have a five-year plan. I'd just jump in the deep end. But <laughs> Um, it, and yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You still might struggle with it. It's hard for all of us to learn these these lessons that we thought we learned. Sometimes you learn them and relearn them. Mm-hmm. But to know that not only that it's okay to fail and everything, but you will survive if right. you fail this. Yeah. What's the worst thing that can happen? If it's not death, you're still going. <laughs> exactly. And even then, you might be okay. <laughs> um, how was that the big one of the big factors in, for for you to to Get out here or just knowing that you have this support and this mindset of it's okay. Absolutely. I mean, it, it was, they were just so supportive of, of my passion for, for movies and television and telling mm-hmm. stories. And, and they knew as well as I did from all the conversations we'd had and all the research we'd done and everything I'd learned in school is that my best chance of making it work was mm-hmm. to come out um, and... Yeah, it was, it was like you said. It's still jumping into the deep end. Sure, um, the five year thing came about, and it's funny because it has played out this way. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew me well yeah. enough, and I had a fair idea at the time that I would probably hate it for a few years. Interesting. Um, and I did. I absolutely oh, wow. hated being here. Um, Just for the first city, the choice. <laughs> what did what it, did it, you it hate? Was, it was all List kinds of things. things. <laughs> it, it was just you know it, it, coming from east coast to west coast mentalities are mm. so different. Yeah. This kind of city Boston is, which I love and adore. Mm. Um, to LA, I luckily and honestly, this was probably saving grace. Moved out with my best friend Stephanie, mm. um, who is the extrovert to my introvert. And who would force me out of our little Hollywood apartment right. um, and, and say, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend is having a party, we're going. Or, we you know, it. there's this thing happening in Hollywood or this thing happening in Malibu or whatever it was, you know, she would force me out. So that was yeah. the saving grace. But it was, everything was big. Everything was new. I'd also, you know, had just done really well in college and, and yeah. top of my class and all of this stuff. And, and I was fetching coffee and walking dogs, mm. you know, and, and there was is... That an, there it was an ego. It was an ego oh, blast, oh, right? Absolutely. Like, there was so much. Like, I had been, I had edited several short films. I had produced another one. I was a, a cinematographer in college. Mm-hmm. I had done all this stuff. And, like, I wasn't even allowed to touch an Avid in my first <laughs> job. Like, no, that's the, you have to wait a couple of years before you can move up to assistant editor. So, yeah. a, there was just a lot of, you know, uh, cold hard truths that Mm -hmm. I ended up facing and had to work my way through them all and um was there was there a turnaround point for you was there I'm walking this dog the last time I'm out of here I'm going home um not a real specific one I will I have to say that my first job out here Mm -hmm. um was at a trailer company so I started out as a production assistant Mm -hmm. at a, a trailer house and this company was amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, I had to, you know, 
take dinner orders and deliver tapes and, and, and do all of that stuff at the beginning, but they had a path within the company. Mm-hmm. You do this for six to nine months, we'll promote you to the machine room, the dub room. I don't think right. th- these things might not exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's digital now. But when we were doing things to tape, yeah. um, we had the dub room. And then, you know, first level assistant editor, second level, and then editor. Mm-hmm. And um, there were several editors in on the staff who were interested in taking you under their wing in sort of a mentorship mm-hmm. role. Um, my um, operations manager boss acted like a father to all of us. Mm-hmm. Like I got into a car accident and he was the one who helped me through all that because right. my real dad is 3,000 miles away. So there was just a real family element to mm-hmm. that company and that helped a lot. Um, and then, you know, once I was able to start assistant editing, I was having more fun. And my single best LA moment Mm -hmm. came courtesy of this company at about three years in, um, I got to go to the return of the King LA premiere because the editor at our company did the trailer and it was a woman, Jennifer Horvath, who to this day is one of the biggest influences of my career. And, um, I was, you know, assisting on it and helping her out with it. And the whole office knew that I was a Lord of the Ring (laughs) freak. (laughs) Um, and, and she got invited to the premiere and she could invite somebody. And so she invited me and it was just, it was kind of like one of those, like your hard work, here's a little bit of a payoff for all of that and and, and everything. And she, she laughs at me to this day that, um, I basically didn't speak. Mm -hmm. Like she introduced me to (laughs) Philip Boyens and Fran Walsh and I could barely say a word. I apparently like made a fool of myself in front of Viggo Mortensen because I couldn't say anything. Like, I mean, to be fair in front of Viggo, I might not say much either. it was like, uh, it was just, yeah, um, it was an amazing, amazing night and yeah. sort of, uh, I'd like, it came at a really good point yeah. where I was like, I was starting to make my way. I was starting to make friends. I was starting to figure out LA and, yeah. um, and, and to get a kind of a perk like that was. Well, it, this is, you know, we've talked about this offline. I don't need to bore my audience, but in a, in a weird small world twist of fate thing is I know this company you're talking about, oh. it was on the property that I was the security yeah, director right. for. We talked about And this, yeah. uh, that dog you walked, I knew. <laughs> I knew very much that that dog lived a better life than me. Oh, yes, That dog did. had daily orders from Wood Ranch. <laughs> and at, this is even more, though I'm hearing you describe it for the first time, I knew that that company was working on the Return of the King trailer. Oh. Uh, we had heard. And I was a fan, not as much as, as, as you, not as knowledgeable as you of Lord of the Rings, I should say. Um, and I was excited. And I would kind of walk around that building like i wonder if i can figure i wonder if i could see and if i had just known you at that time <laughs> i didn't know you were there nope. with jennifer horvath you said yes, yep. working on it that yep. is fascinating small world stuff and that's the crazy thing about la this city is huge yeah. and yet so and, small and in fact we determined because i did not meet you till a couple couple years ago now yeah. yeah time flies but i absolutely in my back of my mind um, can remember probably you walking around that dog around property. <laughs> I absolutely remember that. Um, and one of my biggest fights on the job happened at the bottom of that of that of that. Yeah, that um, doesn't surprise yeah there was a, a crazy homeless lady uh, attacking attacking people, and we got into a little bit of an interesting fight right in front of those doors at the North Market there. Um, so small world, fascinating. But I uh, that that actually makes me really excited to hear that. You were probably in the room <laughs> that I wanted to get into because I had heard rumors of the Return of the King trailer. Um, so uh, um, from there, you know, here's an interesting point because I know where you work at it now, and it, and it, and uh, editing's a, a great career path. And w- w- where do you want to go with this still? 
Because I'm sure you're not at the end of your journey. No. um, What I like about editing and what I have sort of crafted in my career Mm -hmm. over the last seven or eight years is I've gone freelance. So, you know, there are most editors are um, to some extent. You know, if you get on like a a recurring television show, you're likely to be asked back season after season. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you get staff jobs with production companies. Um, But what I like about the freelance style lifestyle is changing it up you know, working on different kinds of shows, working on different kinds of projects. So nothing about it ever really feels too stale. Mm. Um, Mm. And so, like, my goal is to continue to diversify. Right now, I'm mostly in reality TV. Mm -hmm. You get pigeonholed, whether you like it or not. Commercial editor, film editor, trailer editor. You know, even in television, you're a comedy television editor, or you're a drama television editor, or you're scripted, or you're unscripted. And even in Mm -hmm. the unscripted world, like, it's hard to diversify. But, like, I've slowly chipped away at some of that stuff, and I want to keep doing that. How do you do that? Do you, do you go, uh, if you're in reality now, do you go edit a short film for a friend on the side? Like, how does that that's, work? That's the best way to do it. Um, and mm-hmm. if you, quote, unquote, jump ship, and mm-hmm. you read, like, scripted, uh, scripted is very important to a lot of my editor friends. And so they were editing in reality TV, but they wanted to do scripted, so they took a step back. And they went back to assistant editing mm-hmm. on a television show and worked their way up again on that side. Scripted isn't necessarily, like, I don't, feel the need to jump into that as like that that's more my style and more important Mm -hmm. to me. I just want to work on different things at different times. So if that's friends projects on the side, I'd like to try to do that more. Um, And personally, even though there are plenty of people who look down their noses at it, I love working in unscripted. Hmm. Like even, you know, the trashiest reality TV shows you can think of for an editor, it's, the most challenging job. Somebody yeah. hasn't scripted that out for you. Yes, sure. there are reality TV shows that are scripted. I know they exist. Sure, and field, field producers, and, segment and producers are going to guide varying stories. degrees. Yeah. It happens. But a lot of the time, but I get handed, you know, hours and hours, yeah. days and days of A lot is just dumped on your just plate. Just dumped in, and, and I have to find the story in it. And I have mm-hmm. a story editor who helps me with that, and I have producers, and we work together to find the best story within that material. And that's... That's a fascinating, that's what I love about editing. It's a putting a puzzle together where you don't even know what the finished product really is going to look yeah. like, but you're finding it. And you're, whenever I find like a little, you know, gem that everybody else had overlooked and it makes it into a cut, like there's a certain sense of pride in that I mean, for you're, me. you're smiling more than I've seen you this whole interview <laughs> smile here. But yeah, it would seem to me from my uneducated brain here that, um, that you have... Maybe you have the most, and in, in, in this, what you're describing with reality TV, in these, you know, a trashy cooking show, if it is, um, you you have not the most power, but you get to tell your own stories. Then you uh, yeah. become a storyteller, not just an editor, right? And that, and I've always wanted to be a storyteller, and right. I and I like the idea of being a part of the storytelling process here. And and editors and scripted, the best editors and scripted do mm-hmm. it too, because and the directors realize that and and utilize that. But there are other directors and other producers out there who look at editors Mm -hmm. as button pushers. And I don't ever want to be that. Like, I'm not a button pusher. I have thoughts about how to tell this story, and I will work with you to tell tell that story. But I want to be a part of that storytelling process. Yeah. And um, that's, you know, that's my happy place with editing. Time and time again, a a good editor will absolutely save a project. I had that experience over at Defy. We'd go shoot some stuff. Mm -hmm. And an editor by the name of Liam Sullivan, who I don't know if you know Liam, but a lot of you out there do because he's also known as Kelly, the 
shoes video uh, <laughs> YouTube sensation from about 10 years ago. He, he ended up just uh, becoming a quiet old, old editor in a corner. And he worked at Defy for a while, and he's a sweetheart of a man. And I, I would watch him take just turds that we shot, <laughs> and he'd clean them up and turn them in. Really, it is the last line of defense. Yep. It is important. It can to call to think of an editor as a button pusher is to misunderstand what is going on in that room. Yes, you have not power. a fan of that phrase. <laughs> yeah, you are. You have power, yes. Rachel. Power. How how is how is this industry the the, the, the editing industry, which is its own kind of world? Mm-hmm. Um, how is that when it when it comes to to women in Hollywood versus is it is it just as hard? Is it just as difficult? Uh, is it is it different easy in any way i'm curious to that because it's we yeah. we correctly hear about the struggles of female directors now and sure. how we should correct that and all that stuff um but i know a lot of female editors am i wrong in that perception um lay it on me lay the truth it's it's not as bad as it is with directors mm-hmm. um and i've worked on dozens of shows at this point and i've worked on shows i've mm-hmm. let me think a second i'm sure I've never worked on a show where the majority of editors on it were female. I've worked on a couple where it seemed pretty close to even, Mm -hmm. and I've worked on many where I was the only female editor. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's it's not as good as it can or should be, but I think it's closer than some of the other jobs out there. When I use the term easy, I'm not saying we're sliding down a water slide Mm -hmm. of fun here. This Mm -hmm. is, this is, there's still probably a a perception of battle and everything as, as when everything part of this industry. But, um, uh, how does, uh, I, I w I'm just curious as if, 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 if it's, if it's as overt, uh, you know, and it just might be naturally still unbalanced. Uh, I use that term with quotations around the naturally. Um, but how do you, how do you, how do you make headway in that? How have you faced those obstacles? I've, there have been male bosses in the past who yeah. I've been dismissed, and I'm pretty sure it's because I've been a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know a woman in this industry who hasn't faced it yeah, in absolutely. some degree, yeah, some yeah. way. Yeah. But I've also had male bosses that were great, and mm-hmm. um, the story departments are a lot of uh, women are working their way up through that too and into executive producer roles. And mm-hmm. so I've definitely collaborated with some of um, the best collaborators I've had out here have yeah. been women and and. I even in the in nearly fifteen years I've been here, I would say it's getting better. Right. I'd say more recently there's been a better balance than there have been yeah. in the past. So. But like the drought in California, just because I can take a longer shower does not mean the drought <laughs> is actually over. Right. Like it, it, we still have to fight really, really hard. It exists. Anybody yeah. says it doesn't, it's just crazy. Yeah. But um, but I've been you know for the most part pretty lucky, and and most people have allowed my my work to speak for it and, sure. and not my gender. So that's great. Yeah. That's what we want. Exactly. That's what we want. Even on the Schmodown down too. That's <laughs> good. Um, to a young fan listening out there who is now a fan of Rachel, the crusher Cushing and they're, uh, they're a behind the scenes person. Uh, what is, is your, no path is the same. Nope. But to a young 17 year old who's like, I like editing. I like <laughs> how they put it together. Uh, how would you suggest that career path? The nice thing about editing um, as a whole, for for the most part, most companies have, 
like uh, friends who want to be like directors, you just have to go out and direct stuff. Um, With editing, most companies have like you start as a PA and Mm -hmm. in your free time, you know, you find an assistant editor to like show you a little bit about the ropes or maybe, you know, some stuff from film school or just, I mean, nowadays you can get Premiere Pro and and play around with it on, on your laptop. Um, so you, you know, you start to, to make inroads that way. And most companies like to promote, there is a ladder in the editing Mm -hmm. world where you can go from PA to, to some kind of middle assistant. I don't know what takes over machine rooms nowadays, um, and different levels of (laughs) back in my day, we had machine dating myself, um, an assistant editing. Mm -hmm. And then you find an editor who's a mentor who will hopefully bring you from project to project as their assistant. And the more you get to know them, that person hopefully lets you cut scenes for things and Mm -hmm. you know you you slowly start to make your mark um it like i said unfortunately there is some pigeonholing that happens so if you want to be an editor specifically in features versus commercials versus music videos versus television versus unscripted whatever Mm -hmm. it is you know find the companies that produce those kinds of things get in as a pa let them know that's what you want and you know and find the right mentor person to shadow um, and, and work your way through that. Um, and then be prepared to maybe jump ship, take a small step back in a different area mm-hmm. if you need to. I was pretty much getting ready to edit trailers. I had done a couple of them. Uh-huh. I was just on the cusp of just like going there with the editing company that I was with, the trailer company. And I got an offer to be an assistant on a feature documentary, mm-hmm. which I just couldn't pass up because the more I got to know the trailer industry, as much as I loved the people this company gave me so much, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to tell stories and trailers are advertising and right. the best editors can still do amazing things with trailers. Oh, trailers are an art form. Now. They, yeah, they yeah. can be absolutely. Yeah. But a lot of times the art is drowned out <laughs> by a, a producer. <laughs> well, there's that. Um, but there's so many producers on so many yeah. studio levels who are like, no, we need more shirtless Brad Pitt. That's what's going to get by I mean, look, opening weekend. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> not necessarily either, but like maybe the editor had done something really interesting and artistic and different sure. in that moment, but now it's getting ripped out because, you mm-hmm. know, ticket sales are the driving force for marketing. It's almost like this is a business. <laughs> well, I know. Imagine that. Um, so it, th- that coupled with this offer, I ended up jumping, um, yeah. even though I was pretty much you know, getting ready to be like the official title and all of that stuff. Mm. Um, and, and I don't regret it. I mean, there it was is. a tough few years yeah. in between. Um, but uh, I worked on a couple feature documentaries and I met a lot of people there who worked in reality TV because very few editors can make a living right. editing documentaries, unfor- unfortunately. So unscripted covers documentaries and re- right. reality TV. So it was a, a natural sort of slide there. Wow. Um, and yeah, and so that's how I ended up on that sort of second phase of my career. And you mentioned mentors. You've mentioned that a couple mm-hmm. times now. How yeah. important is that just, I know, on a spiritual level, but <laughs> career-wise, because um, it's fascinating. The way you described it in that, in that, in that path to a career is similar to, say, a football coach, a head coach who has an offensive coordinator he likes, yeah. and he's going to take him from job to job. I'm I'm here at Collider because Christian Harloff has known me for 11, 12 years, mm-hmm. and coming into town, you always hear network, 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 and I never understood what that was. Yeah. But for me now, I mean, no, it's finding your core group of people. Mm-hmm. To hear that that's also in the editing world is, is surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, you just not 
Every, I mean, there are some phenoms, I suppose, that come in right sure. out of college or whatnot and know exactly what to do. Yeah. Um, but mo- I learned so much from the different editors that I sort of shadowed when I was an assistant. Right. And, you know, as they got to know me, they would, you know, shoot me little scenes and say, here, mm-hmm. on your free time, edit this. I'll take a look at it tomorrow. And like, and right. if they were good, they would incorporate them and then they would tell the producers what I was doing. And, and you know, that sort of getting your name out there. Um, and then when a spot opens for like a junior editor thing or a night editor thing, somebody goes, Oh, you know, Rachel's been cutting at night and like her stuff's been pretty good for rough cuts, you know, like let her, let's give her a chance. So it took, you know, finding the people to show me the ropes who would then recommend me moving forward. Um, you know, that's all part of the process. Makes sense in any kind of career field. Sure. Totally makes sense. Great. I have my mentors even in the security field. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I just, I never thought of it in those terms, you know, because <laughs> yeah. we have, we have uh, here at Collider, we have uh, Frank, Jonathan Boyko, mm-hmm. the Vulture uh, from Tough Beats and yeah. Schmodown, and a great guy, Alex, who, who do all, all, all of our editing along with Thad Williams, our post-production supervisor. And, and you know, a uh, couple of them applied. You know, right. so it happens. And this digital media is a little, it's a new format, new frontier. Sure. Uh, but so to hear that they're like some, uh, you know, crusty coach is like get cushing i know what cushing can do yeah i saw her in 2004 edit a trailer <laughs> the best she could do that to do it that's uh, fascinating to me so so if you're out there listening man that is that is a career path rachel you also uh on your facebook page you're you're out in nature a lot yeah is that obsession <laughs> passion how you relax because the flip side is editors you know frank here at collider I'll, I'll leave i'll get here early and then i'll leave late and he's still got six more hours to go Editing, editing, editing in a dark room. That's the key right there. Is that what it is? The key right there is that, you know, most, some editors get windows and it's funny if I ever get into a company and they're like, you know, we have edit bays with windows. A lot of the times I'll be like, nah, don't, because that's distracting. Ah, Um, you like to be locked in. There's, yeah, I mean, you need your three, your monitors, you need to be in that mindset, you need to like be going through the footage and getting this stuff done, but that. 60 hours a week when you're on a show or on mm-hmm. a gig, that's wearing. And um, and I just sort of need to do the exact opposite on the weekends. Um, and this also kind of goes back to I've always been uh, like an athletic person, did a lot of sports when I was younger and yeah. whatnot. And cert- we went camping when we were kids. My dad's an amateur mountaineer as well. What, um, wait, what is a mountaineer? <laughs> um, so I do a lot of hiking and backpacking, sure. um, camping. He does it on like mountains in the middle of winter on ice. Oh, he's with like no Jeremiah paths. Johnson. Like he's, he's, okay. he's got the whole thing. He's, okay. he's, yeah, it's, he's, he was a, he's a retired firefighter. He's a bit gotcha. of an adrenaline junkie. Gotcha. Um, so I got my love of outdoors from him. I, I'm not quite as into the hardcore winter mm-hmm. stuff. I don't like being cold um, <laughs> as much as he does. Which is weird for a Boston guy. <laughs> well, yeah, no, but another reason why moving to LA maybe wasn't as big of a hardship. <laughs> um, but uh, when I first moved out here, Stephanie and I and some of our friends would just start go walking in Griffith Park because right. couldn't afford gym memberships yet. We were sure. PAs. Poor. Um, and uh, and uh, the first winter you spend out here after having lived someplace like New England, like when yeah. you come out here and it's a January day <laughs> and it's 70 and sunny and you just talk to your parents and they're under two feet of snow, you're like... <laughs> I, I just need to be outside right now. I need to be enjoying <laughs> and taking this barbecue in. while I'm hiking at the it, same time. It, it was amazing. So we 
formed this group of friends and they're still my closest group of friends out here where we would just go hiking. And then it grew into, let's do this weekend camping trip. I went to Joshua tree, which is one of my favorite places mm-hmm. on the planet. Now I go almost every year. Uh, we went to Catalina Island on the backside of the island and camping there. We went to the grand Canyon. I, mm. you know, I, again, new Englander. Yeah. <laughs> so all of this yeah. stuff was so incredible to me and new to me and just, you know, ended up spiraling to a point where once I started doing well in my career and and making decent money, I I took a wilderness training class and I traveled uh, to Africa and to Nepal and done a bunch of big hiking trips and trekking trips. And it's, it's become this really important sort of almost spiritual thing for me because back to that little dark room, Mm -hmm. I just need to do the opposite of that when I'm, you know, in my free time. It's it's not so much like a, Giant reset button, but a, a little, a little mini bit of one, along you know? the way. Yeah, and my phone, my I don't get cell reception. I can't, You're you know, b- I can't be on. I'm not on the grid out there. You're not I, getting schmo down updates. No, nothing. not out there. You're out there. Um, yeah, yourself. it's 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 beautiful in California. You know, while L.A. is still maybe not my favorite city, mm-hmm. it's I've grown to love aspects of it. It's my home now. Sure, California is a stunningly beautiful state. Yeah. The, the the coastlines, the mountains, the Sierra Nevada mountains are my favorite place. Mm. I love going up there and just backpacking in for a couple of days and just taking in the peaks and the, the water and, and just it's so refreshing yeah. to me. And then you also have like these deserts. So it's like all in one state. It's like you're, you're it's, about two hours, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like, oh brother, where art, uh, where art thou? <laughs> what aren't you? A geographical oddity. You're two hours, <laughs> two weeks from everywhere. Exactly. Um, yeah. You're two hours from the snow. You're two hours from the mm-hmm. ocean. You're two hours from the, from the beach. Uh, yeah. you know, two, two and a half hours up the coast of my hometown of Pismo beach. And yeah. you can go dip your feet in some cold beach water. Yes. And it's true. gorgeous up there. Yeah. Yeah. So coastline here. Oh, I've, I've driven the PCH a couple yeah. of times. It's beautiful. I love California. I love LA. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people that absolutely loves the city. It's not perfect. No city is. Nope. Um, recent time in New York is, you know, I definitely love the buzz of that place. Uh, but I love small, grew up in a small town. So uh, did you, were you in a, in, a, in a small town on the East Coast or? It was, um, I grew up in Lowell, Massachusetts. If anybody's seen The Fighter, then they've heard of it. Oh, um, yes. uh, It's like a, a small city. It's about 45 minutes north of Boston, but, um, and it's an old mill town. So there's mm. like a historic aspect. Um, and it's, uh really almost overpopulated. It's like, it's, oh, wow. it's, it's, there's a lot of people in a small space. Right. Um, so I, I did go to like a high school where, you know, graduating class was 800 people. And, and so like, I am consider myself more of a city person, but, um, it wasn't, you know, like a, a major city, mm-hmm. um, like a Boston or a New York or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so but you're not so much more. of a fish out of water coming out of no, here yeah, in, this in this LA. Is, in that aspect, yeah. a lot of people, the diversity and all that stuff, that stuff I grew up you with. You grew up with. Yeah. Grew up with. You have uh, you have accomplished a lot. You've done some wonderful things. And I think the best is, is still yet to come because I believe at one point, whether it's the t- team titles, inner geekdom, or just the overall Shimano title, I think you're going to hold some gold in this league. And that's going to be an interesting quandary for you because then you're going to be downright famous. Oh, boy, famous. I don't know about that. But I got to say, I like the look of the belts, so I wouldn't mind making a run at one of them anyway. As you should because you uh, you uh, you didn't – you didn't uh, – this isn't a chance you earned. It was a chance that, uh, you know, you deserved from the start. Thank you. You, you, had, uh, you had this in you, and uh, it just takes uh, – 
It just takes that energy, that ball of energy that is Christian Harloff <laughs> to sometimes push people Does into anybody places. ever say no to him? <laughs> it's hard to say no to Christian Harloff, and that is uh, one of uh, the things I love about him most because yeah. he's put me and got me into places that I wouldn't have been yeah. if uh, he hadn't been behind me. So uh, this is uh, another one of those uh, uh, of things, but, but as with anything, you, you you got through the door, and, and someone may have opened the door, right. but you're staying in that door, and you're moving on because of what you've accomplished and uh, what you're continuing to accomplish. I, I don't know where it ends for you. I don't know. An Oscar for editing, a Schmodown <laughs> championship, um, uh, become the Mountaineer champion of California. I don't know. Lots uh, of avenues. Fascinating story, Rachel. Um, I, I hope you had a good time. Uh, I did. Without talking about Game of Thrones or all these things. We hardly things. mentioned it. That's yeah. hard for us. If it, we're in a room for a while together, it yeah. goes to Game of Thrones. This is about you and oh. your wonderful experiences. So, uh, guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Rachel. You can follow her on Twitter. She has, uh, she'll, she'll talk to you about the Schmodown. She'll talk to you about movies. Talk to you about walking dogs and ordering Wood Ranch chicken for the dog. <laughs> um, where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, my Twitter handle is Rachel J. Cushing. That's right. And it comes up as getting real with Rachel, right? Yeah. The, um, Which is your... Film blog, is that what you have? Yeah, what, after I started just following real quick the, the yeah. schmoes and whatnot, um, Scott Mance was one of the people that reached out to me and, and, and mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, became a bit of a mentor who mm-hmm. I was writing like mini reviews of some of the, the films he was covering and, and his show Profiles with Malone and Mance. And he came, um, he wrote back to me and said, you should be writing reviews. Yeah. And uh, I was like, nobody, I'd never really put, serious thought into that as mm-hmm. as a hobby, as a side thing. And, and, and he really encouraged me to do that. And so, yeah, I just started writing a blog a couple of years ago. It's, it's been a little dry lately. I haven't gotten to as many movies as I'm used to getting to. Um, I just came off of a really busy job, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I have a, a, a blog, which I cornerly called get real with Rachel <laughs> real with two E's. And, uh, yeah, you can check that out if you're interested. Absolutely. You guys should check it out. It's also very hard to say no to Scott Mance's ideas True. as well. Well, Very true. <laughs> and, if, and as far as mentors go, Scott Mant is a good choice. Guys, let Rachel know what you thought about the Knapsack Files. You can use the hashtag the Knapsack Files on Twitter to join this conversation. You can follow me at CatNapsack across all social media platforms. Don't forget on the app Anchor, relatively new, uh, I got my show Daily Thrones, which Rachel has been on and will be on many, many other times. We talk about Game of Thrones and, and the world of ice and fire, and it's fun and little five-minute chunks on there, so you do that there. Don't forget we have the Patreon page as well so if you want to support i humbly thank you in advance that is great that is it for rachel for her schmodown championship she will eventually win and for myself we'll see you next time on the next Files.